Let me introduce you to Maureen. Maureen Greaves is a church army evangelist in Sheffield. On Christmas Eve 2012, her husband Alan was on his way to play the organ at the midnight service when he was murdered by two men. Despite her broken heart and her terrible grief, incredibly, Maureen forgave the men. When a few days later she spoke to reporters, they asked her why she still believed in God if he had allowed this to happen. She replied, I can sincerely say that I have never felt angry with God. Ever since becoming a Christian, I have believed, read and loved the Bible. It is God's message to humanity and explains so much of what is going on in the world. Terrible things happen because people have turned their backs on God. Instead of asking why, I ask, how am I going to get through this? As a Christian, I have someone who is walking the journey with me. God is there and he makes all the difference. Whoever I meet knows that I have suffered, but I can share with them that God's peace and presence with me have been real throughout the years. Now I wonder if you've heard of Horatio Spafford. Horatio was a Presbyterian church elder and a wealthy lawyer living in Chicago with his wife Anna and their four daughters. He had invested heavily in real estate, but in 1871 the Great Chicago Fire destroyed all the properties he owned and his life savings were gone. Devastated by the loss, the family decided to take a trip to Europe to support the work of a Christian mission. Unexpected business had meant that Horatio needed to stay longer in Chicago, so he sent his wife and daughters ahead of him, but would join them a little later. While crossing the Atlantic, the steamship was struck by another sailing vessel and 226 people drowned, including all four of his daughters. Anna survived the tragedy alone. As Horatio sailed to join his wife, the captain of the ship took him to the deck to show him the place where the ship had sunk and where his daughters had died. It was there that he penned the words of this famous hymn. When peace like a Attendeth my way When sorrows like sea Billows roll Whatever my Lord Thou hast taught me to Now these two deeply moving and inspiring stories show us what it looks like to persevere as Christians even in the hardest of times. This morning we're going to be having a look about what it looks we're going to, this morning we're going to think about what it looks like to persevere in our faith in Jesus. We all have things in our lives that we really have to work at like when we're trying to write an essay, care for an elderly relative, deal with that really difficult person at work unexpectedly have to homeschool, potty train a toddler or overcome a health issue. Sometimes we really have to dig deep. When we become followers of Jesus, we make a decision to follow him, not just for a season, but for the rest of our lives. Hebrews 12 likens this journey of faith 
to running a race that has been marked out for us. And like any long endurance race, it requires our perseverance. So here's a question for you to ponder on. How is your race going? Just take a moment to think about where you feel you're at now in your faith. I want to encourage you today that whatever you answer to that question, whether you feel like you've just hit the wall or you're flying or you're running steadily along, that your God is running this race with you. He is with you in the highs and in the lows. And what's more, the Bible tells us that he's waiting for you at the finish line. And before we think about how we persevere, we need to be really grounded in the truth that God never stops persevering in his love for us. However far from God or messed up you think or feel you are, God will never stop loving you. The storyline of the Bible from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation is of a God who never stops persevering in his love for us. It's at the very heart of who he is. Now, you know, when you pop into the co-op or into Sainsbury's or wherever it is that you shop and you see that all the running and fitness magazines lined up with their headlines, top tips to run your best and how to be at your fittest. Well, this is the Bible's top tips, if you like, about how to be at your best, how to be at your peak and how to be at your fittest as a Christian. So let's hear from our passage in Hebrews 12 verses 1 to 3. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This passage gives us a few really valuable tips. To keep running the race marked out for us with perseverance, we need to live rightly. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus and we need each other. So first, we need to live rightly. Our passage says this, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. To persevere in our faith, we need to live rightly. We need to align ourselves to God's word. So what is weighing you down and holding you back? Where are you not living rightly? Now, I love to watch the London Marathon on TV every year. I love the whole spectacle. I love the anticipation, the crazy fancy dress outfits, people dressed up as chickens and and watching all these tired runners get over the finish line. It's just incredible. But have you seen what some of those runners wear? You'll notice that the elite runners are in this super lightweight running kit and they're so fast. It just takes them about two hours to reach the 20 to reach the to go through the 26 mile course and then there was this guy back in 2002 who wore an antique diving kit weighing 130 pounds and it took him just over five days he was so slow but he got there in the end so here's a question to ponder what are you wearing to run your race Sometimes we get slowed down by putting, putting on the wrong kit. We may be wearing feelings of guilt, shame, envy or inadequacy. 
We may be weighing ourselves down by trying to live by worldly standards rather than God's. We may be slowing up because we've invested in unhelpful relationships, habits or goals. Last January, I've been feeling really depressed for a few months. I just felt so inadequate as a person. I felt like I just wasn't good enough in any direction at all. And I'd held on to a load of bad experiences from the past. Joanna came alongside me and prayed that the Holy Spirit would just release me from those feelings that were hindering me and holding me back. And afterwards, I felt released. God had given me the courage to choose to believe the truth of his word rather than the lie that I was inadequate and unworthy. And after that, I started taking steps forward again and feeling like, after feeling like I'd stood still for so long, I felt like I was really running again. Now, sometimes we need the support of others to throw off clothes that we've been wearing for a long time, clothes that become comfortable and familiar. It's not always an easy process. And life can throw some really difficult stuff at us. Sometimes we don't mean to wear the wrong kit, but we just do. And other times we know we are putting on the wrong kit. We know that we're sinning. We need to bring all of these burdens to God. And as we throw them off, we can entrust him that his way is better. Jesus came to give us life and life in all its fullness. And he gave us this invitation. This is from Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. To run the race with perseverance, we need to live rightly, not held back by stuff that hinders us or by sin. And to know the right way to go, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Our um, passage says this, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. As you run your race, where are you looking? Are you looking forwards towards the finish line or are you looking all around? To use a catchphrase, you've got to keep your eyes on the prize. If you're looking all around at the world, at what other people are doing, comparing yourselves to them or to what they've got, you'll find yourself stripped of the peace that is yours in Christ. And if you're looking within, trying to go on in your own strength and efforts, you'll simply burn out. Now, I recently read this phrase that I thought was really helpful. For every look at yourself, take 10 looks at Christ. Last summer, Tom and I had the pleasure of having a couple of hours to ourselves in the Lake District to go walking. Now, every mountain walk that I've ever done with Tom usually ends up with us going off track and taking a scenic route. Well, we did again and we ended up going with this really steep, grassy slope. And as we got further and further up, I felt more and more uneasy as I kept glancing down to this huge drop below me. It was too steep to go back down, so the only way was up. So I had to really pull myself together, just stop looking down and keep looking up towards the top, putting one foot in front of the other. 
I have to say it was really hard but the view at the top was amazing and it was worth it. Our passage says this of Jesus. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy that was set before him, the joy of forever being in his Father's loving presence and sharing that joy with many others. Because of that joy, he was able to endure the cross. He persevered in his love for us. He didn't give up. So we can fix our eyes on him as the first runner of the race. He marked out our race for us. He is the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. So as we consider him, as we fix our eyes on him, we will not become weary and lose heart. Instead, we can share in his joy. To keep running, we need to live rightly. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. And we need each other. We really do need each other. Notice how many times in our passage the words us and we are used. Being a Christian is not something we should ever try to do alone. We belong to the body of Christ, the church, and we need each other so that we can spur one another on. However you feel your race is going, God can use you powerfully to encourage those around you to keep running their races. Even when you're feeling weak, you can be a real encouragement. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 to 25 says this. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and nor the more as you see the day approaching. To persevere in our faith, we need to be really committed to one another. We are to share our joys and our sorrows together. We need to spur one another on, be there for one another. Make sure that going to church and being in a small group or meeting with Christians midweek is a real priority for you. Look around you and see who can you encourage? Who can you pray for? Who would value a note through the door or a text asking if they're okay? There've been times in my life when I've just been so broken and so overwhelmed that I've just completely relied on my church to carry me through. And that's how church is meant to be. Sometimes we need to come along one alongside one another and lovingly correct one another and, and help each other get back on track. And most of the time, we just need to be there for one another, to spur and encourage one another on with gentleness and love. So as we finish, I'm just going to give a minute or so for you to think about one thing that strikes you or something that's encouraged you from this morning. And I really pray, I really pray that you'll keep running your race with strength, resilience and joy in Christ.